0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Here in Seattle, uh, Bruce Lee, when he first came to the states, he uh, spent his battles. So he taught a lot of students uh, that were very diverse, uh, of all different types of races and ethnicities and creeds. And uh, much to the consternation of his Chinatown elders. Uh, but he continued to teach uh, a lot of these students who can you know also teach to this day so i started a training under um uh different teachers in james Mao, uh, in the uh in the seattle lineage of kung fu um and that was kind of like the kind of formative in in, in you know experience in, in in kung fu culture but also just uh this multicultural kung fu world uh where you know my classmates my kung Fu brothers were all like different uh you know races and creeds and not just chinese or asian and so that was something that I found was really valuable and impressive to me. And I think that was really kind of something that kind of set me on uh, the way in terms of being inspired to tell the story was also about these uh, multicultural classmates who who had, you know, thickest thieves and, and were, were, were closely bonded and not by race, but by their passion and love for Kung Fu. The premise that we have is these three out of shape Kung Fu uh, classmates who are now older older and and, and gone their separate ways and they have to avenge their master, but they have kids, they have jobs, they have wives. So it's a very, um, it's a very relatable uh, idea and story that we had. And I think there was a lot of interest uh, in, like you say, in the Hollywood and LA uh, studios, Uh, but they wanted to change the cast to be white uh for what you know many reasons that you know to make it more bankable to get it more uh easier to put on the poster a movie star a white movie star to put on the poster but as you know it's kind of a long-standing issue of these kind of race betting or or whitewashing um these roles that were like i said originally is based on my experience in seattle that was uh, multiracial, and we wanted to be true to that and so we you know said thank you but no thank you and went back to you know our hometown in seattle and and raised through crowdfunding kickstarter and uh, all their investors uh, were all like non-film people, all private investors to get involved and support the film uh, from that point. And that was the, you know, that, I think that was the point, maybe in a little bit kind of a put a fire, you know, under our butts and just inspire us uh, out of maybe, you know, a little righteous anger to try to make this movie our own way. Because I think that was something that gets co-opted very often. Obviously, we see all these work, you know, that's, uh, you know, has been. Genghis Khan was played by John Wayne, you know, if people can imagine that, you know, so it's, Hollywood has this long standing history of taking ideas, but, you know, not putting in uh, authentic casting. And so that was something that we wanted to break or at least not do not be involved with ourselves and, and, and make our own way on that. Uh, on one side, you have kind of like the white establishment that, you know, want to take your idea, uh, but change everything about it on the other side. Uh, you have your fellow community members who are concerned about how we're going to be presented or represented. And uh, there's obviously this long standing history of martial arts cinema where Asians are mostly portrayed as henchmen or thugs or yakuza or, you know, and just more one dimensional uh, characters, and especially in the martial arts realm. And so they thought uh you know it could be a little regressive or what we were doing was a little bit you know kind of back in the box uh, of, of not really advancing our people or representation of our people and so that, that was kind of something that we had to kind of work through because it was like it's almost like you're not asian enough for asia you're not american enough for america it's like we were you know that that like is what i meant is that identity uh in in you know rock in a hard place in the nutshell but we love kung fu movies we love we grew up watching Asian films. That was our inspiration and, and influence, and so we wanted to, you know, be truthful to that. It's a very complex thing, and it's a, it's, when you start to unpack it, it's like, it's a lot of uh, you know, uh, ingrained, uh, how would you say, trauma, because you have a lot of these abilities, to, you know, representation or, or or characters that are being written that are just just so one-dimensional and stereotypical. Um, but I think the difference that we had was that we were in the driver's seat, and we were telling the story as opposed to like letting Hollywood cast us into the roles that they've decided for us. And so I think, um,
2: you know, I think a lot of the community definitely came around to it. Danny is a man who is struggling to figure out what's next, what his second act is going to be. Um, I think for him, you know, he comes from this past that, uh, you know, he's like a, uh prodigy the the chosen one if you will um of this uh you know chosen family that he has with his brothers uh, uh jim and him um and when we meet him he's you know he's in in a situation where he's at a crossroads like how do i deal with family how do i deal with all these things and i think i think danny is the type of like an everyday guy that you know the everyday man that we we all go through is is as people um, trying to figure out what's next for ourselves as we get older and also trying to figure out if, are we still, do we still have the passions that we had, you know, when we were younger. Um, so that's, that's Danny in, in a nutshell.
0: Ahing hang a sad individual because he really missed his brothers, his life. So he hides that depression through compulsive eating and jokes, but he's really, he hasn't been the same ever since his family left him like he felt kind of and and they've never really reached out to him you know because you know everyone grows up right and everyone we 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 can all relate this is all very relatable because everyone has families they grow older job life everything but this guy you know i i I felt ah Ahing because you know I've, i've i've experienced certain things like that and that's why he gained so much weight because he's at home depressed but then when he's outside he he puts a show on jokes this that you know the bravado but but inside he's a guy that misses his family
1: yeah Matt page we thought it, uh we had in mind very early it's just we we did, weren't ready to make a commitment with him and he'll tell the story where we had a chat with him maybe even two years before uh we were making the film we were big fans of his show into the dojo uh and uh just we could tell he has great comic chops and I, and also just had the way uh the acting choice that he had like he came to it as a as an actor, you can tell versus kind of a, you know, you could say a sketch artist or a sketch comedy guy. Uh, but he really, you know, you could tell there was a preparation and a thoughtfulness with the way he kind of makes his scenes in comedy. And so I really appreciated that. And we had a chat. We didn't have anything yet to really offer, but it was just kind of like, hey, how do you do? This is who we are. And so I think we, you know, two years later, we called him up and said we were ready to go. And he was he was available and he was uh, definitely down to down for the mission. Uh, So that was great just to have him come on board and then, you know, see him and Ron go at it, you know, sparks fly. And that was always fun as well. We definitely have the white cultural tourist. You know, that is a thing in a martial arts culture. I think if you ask anyone who's been spent any time in martial arts world, you know, there certainly is that character. Um, But it was wanted to kind of have some type of uh, conflict for these three tigers, uh, for this uh, Carter character to be this heel, but also this thorn in their side, but also this reminder of who they were. And so uh, you know, we want to give it a little more dimensions than just you know this white guy trying to be Chinese, which he is, but there's also kind of more of a depth on the relationship with these guys together. And uh, you know, you see the sparse fly when in the film.
3: My character um, I've read I've read a few sort of like critiques on the character. Meaning more, more so that they wanted to see more, know more about what, where this person came from and why they did what they did or why they were, um, why they treated their situation the way they did. And it was a great opportunity for me to, because I was so close to the script and I had been closer to the script, at least I had access to it way before any of the other main actors had. So I had an understanding of where these characters were going in their life and where they were destined to end up. And my character was in a way a symbol to help them understand their path, like their true journey in life or their true destination in terms of their relationship to each other. Um, So I felt really really honored to play that that symbol of a character. Um, I think viewers listening to this, watching this may have a a lot better understanding after they see that, what I mean by symbol, but um, it was a great honor to have that uh, responsibility to to give the 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 tigers something to play against.
1: Ken and I have worked together on a lot of projects, uh, you know, especially with him as action designing and directing uh, for the films that I've had. Uh, so this has been a long conversation, as as, as mentioned, you know, it would take ten years to even get the movie made to try to raise the money. So there's a lot of time spent just sitting around, you know, chattering about what this movie could be, just between him and I, and figuring out what that would mean. Uh, and what we kind of settled on is. Uh, calling it Shaw Brothers in a Street Fight. And so what we met, that meant was we wanted to have the flavor of Kung Fu, the flavor of Kung Fu movies as well with the shapes and just kind of like all those type of uh, feeling of flow and Kung that was just specific that the Kung Fu choreography, but also what that looks like in a street fight. And when it's floppy, it's messy, and you're tripping, and you're falling, you're a little out of shape. And especially with these heroes, you know, they weren't going to be super clean, and they weren't going to be, you know, as, as you know, Gordon Liu is coming out, you know, busting heads, you know, these guys are like three steps behind or, you know, four, trying to catch, um, you know, their breath while they're trying to get through all this. And so that was an interesting exploration of trying to discover what that would look like because it was in a way of kind of deconstructing a lot of that crisp and clean Kung Fu choreography into, you know, a little bit sloppy or a little bit offbeat. Um, and just in point, you know, uh, we, we had to learn and kind of catch ourselves to not use uh, the best takes, for example, you know, there's an NG, sometimes the NG actually is the one we want to end up using. And so that's kind of the aesthetic that we wanted to go so that it wasn't too clean and precious and and perfect. Uh, and, you know, and that's part of the frustrating uh, part that we want the audience to have. It's like, come on, guys, you're better than this. And so I think that creates, you know, a really fun um, experience with the audience to want to see these guys and root for them to try better, even though they're trying their best. you know. So there, it has that kind of like uh, um, must-up feel to it. In terms of like specific roles uh, as an action
3: director, it was very important for me to understand his vision, his script, and to interpret that into movement. So everything that we did from, from the, the salute, the way they did the salute, um, all the way back to the how, what kind of stances the kids were doing um, during their early training days, even to some of the prologue footage that you'll, you'll, you know, you'll see without giving up too many, um, spoilers. Um, that was all, uh, the action team's, uh, responsibility. And, and, and by that, um, I mean, we were responsible for training the actors to get them to give off that Kung Fu artistic quality, because, um, if I were just, just to kind of set up for them as the actors, they had, a such a diverse set of athletic uh, abilities to present us as the action team. And we did not have a lot of time to work with them. So we as uh, the creative department had to know specifically what we wanted to layer on to what they were already bringing to the table. There were a few things that we needed to polish, but we as a creative team had to be very, very sure of what we wanted them, what what we wanted to draw out of them uh I, I i'd be remiss if i didn't um mention though that a lot of the kind of the artistic input to how the the choreography was developed is in large part due to um my stunt coordinators and second unit directors uh sam Locke and carrie wong who were by my side the whole time um everything you see on screen they absolutely had input in um and if it wasn't for those two brothers um I, I just don't think the quality of the action would be at the level it is
2: um, that you know that w- what we reached. What I found interesting, and I've never been a part of a film where the or pri- one of the primary disciplines is martial arts, so this was all alien to me, and I don't I don't have a specific perspective or I can't compare it to anything else. But the one thing that re- that I gravitated towards um, and that uh, Ken really latched onto was the fact that you know, my background in, in dance and movement is that there is there needs to be purpose with every movement, there needs to be a story being told. There's a rhythm, there's a, you know, like anything with dance, it's like, how do we ebb and flow with the flow of the music? Um, What story are we? what emotion are we we're sharing? And I think that's something that based on our conversations, he grounded that um, thought process into me and that the movement is just the, the, the um, you know, the outward performative things that happen because of whatever you might be feeling at the time. So um, the approach was great. Um, you know, the training was something else. I mean, in terms of just having your muscles move and fire the way you want that they want it to. Um, but the one thing that's really interesting about this whole setup is that these guys aren't sharp to begin with. I think the only character who is sharp is the Hing character, which is Ron's character. But I, me being rusty and me not being in the sharpest form actually tells the story, it accentuates that story and that character. So it was great. I think we did like three intensive days of training, but there were voluntary workouts prior to that initial training period. And then throughout the entire shoot, it's like, you know, we would be working twelve-hour days, but you know, we would still communicate with Carrie and Ken and Sarah and Sam about like some of the movements, like just practicing even on the weekends. So, thankfully, they scheduled it that way where we were shooting all the dramatic scenes first, and so it gives us gave us a little bit more time as we went to rehearse and you know, on our off time to dial in the movement in the rehearsal. But that that was my experience. It was great.
0: I, I feel like Ken, uh, Sam Locke, and and uh, and Carrie were were amazing and you know and and I've worked with uh, Sam and Kerry before because when I was when times were slow back in the day which there were a lot of times that that I I would also uh, you know design and choreograph fights for certain shows and films and so there was a familiarity with with some of the guys and they were all just awesome the way they worked together and and also with us too because we we did we we worked hard but we had fun but we also focused on certain uh characteristics of, you know, each, each, each person and and how they would approach and fighting and how rusty they would be. So it was very detailed. And, and you know, I, and I felt it was like, for me, one of the best things reading the script, I'm like, because a lot of guys have egos, man, but I love the fact that, you know, I get my ass kicked <laughs> all the time, you know, so it was like, It's 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 it is different from what you're saying. you know, as far as this is a different kind of fight, and for me and Elaine, Mikel, like, yeah, it's it's being able to use that and 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 really integrate it into the layers of, of of our character, but for the overall comedy too, it's relatable to people at all ages because everyone's been out of shape everyone's been rusty everyone knows what that thing is and especially you know as far as getting older and stuff so so yeah i i love the whole experience and the, and the whole action team were great yeah the marshall club they were more like actors in this film but they were freaking amazing i've worked with them on other shows as well and and i think the combination of just all our synergies it just it made this experience so special
1: Philip Deng, uh, who plays the leader of the the, the punks, uh, he actually had auditioned for us, like I said, for that previous portion, the younger portion of the Tigers that we shot. Uh, he wasn't quite right for anything that we needed at that time, but I kept him in mind. And uh, thankfully, you know, again, a year and a half later, I called him, you know, we'd love to have you, and we had the heart. So that's a lesson in kind of persistence and always believing in what you do, because, you know, he, he thought it was kind of over, but, I, you know, if you do a great audition, we definitely remember. And keep you in mind so that was kind of a, a great way to um you know great news to kind of share with them so philip was great he's got his own uh action team he's a very experienced uh wushu uh practitioner uh, competitor and then of course like you say martial club is the two brothers andy lee and brian lee uh obviously andy, andy is probably most prominent right now known as being seen as death dealer in shang chi uh and as you can see now the world is just starting to see their talents and uh they brought this incredible youthful young Flipping energy, acrobatic energy, that was great contrast to three Tigers who, you know, are slower and lumbering and not as, you know, not as on the ball as they used to. So it made for a great, great contrast, especially with the choreography where, you know, the older Tigers are a little bit more grounded, like I said, and these
0: guys are just high flyers. Every time I see the move, I felt old <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I don't I don't. Oh, also we got to add Philip Philip Dang, who plays the, cool. the leader of the gang. Right. So and and then Brian and Andy from Marshall Club. But but yeah, but me and Elaine and Mikkel were just like, God damn. You know, And I, I had I had a chance to work with them before, like right before, about a month before on a show called Wu Tang, an American Saga for Hulu. And seeing the move, I was just like, damn, man, like, I, you know, it, it's it's like, are they on wires? Are they like, you know, it's just amazing. So, Elaine, I don't know how do you feel. <laughs> no, it was the it was the same for me when
2: I didn't know who got cast for those roles. And then when Bao sent me the links to, you know, just to do research and see who we we're playing against, um, I, I just saw Brian do this like flip. And I'm like, <laughs> we're fighting these guys like what? this is great. But I remember, I remember the, um, uh, the first day of training, and they were there for rehearsals. I don't know if you remember this wrong, but we were in that sort of, uh, I think it was your, I think the gym, right? Yeah, at some apartment? Remember. Yeah, yeah. At your apartment complex. Um, and, I, you know, you go in there and, and you know, you just kind of you just, just finished doing research and you don't know who they are exactly. But the one thing that really stuck to me was how humble they were, and how yeah. sweet they are. And how gracious they are! Um, I, I thought that to be one of the most refreshing things, um, given the fact that you know, again, they have that millions of followers and millions of views on their their YouTube channel, and and the fact that they are so gracious with 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 how they carry themselves on set, and and always saying, "Oh, hey, you know, you're," you know, they're very humble about everything. Um, those guys are tremendous, tremendous, not only uh, artists, but actors, you know, they they want to learn as much as possible. And that's really inspiring um, for, for, for me as an actor to be like, wow, I remember that feeling of, you know, humility, uh, you know, having some humility and some, some uh, to lower down that hubris and, and talk to somebody who you admire. And it was flattering. It was very flattering for them to come up to me and Ron and Mikhail and be like, Asking us advice about like acting and whatever they might be, I I, I thought that to be really cool. But they were, again, you watch them and you're like, there's no way I could pull that off. I feel like I would just just watching them, I feel like I'd pull the hamstring.
0: So they were, yeah, they were so <laughs> humble. At La, like I remember when I did Wu Tang, I was fucking around with I think Andy, I can't, remember. but it was just like he was doing this, some crazy, crazy three spin hyper kick whatever. <laughs> and then after he landed, he was like, "How's that?" And I just went um uh, mm, okay. like oh really oh what are, did i not hit this and i'm just i'm laughing I'm
2: like, oh. yeah yeah we we did we we had a lot of fun that day um it was the first day of the fight the fight section of the filming mm-hmm. and so we've been filming all the dramatic scenes, the funny scenes and the minute we started shooting on that day and the first take of like the of i think was it brian doing the flip i was like oh my god i forgot we're in a kung fu movie holy shit! (laughs) you know it's like oh this is we're back to that you know back to me being like eight years old and watching kung fu flicks like oh my god this is gonna be so much fun
3: andy brian and philip are incredible acrobats incredible martial artists so to see that paired with these character traits that we were bringing to the table with the tigers Um, Even prior to the day, we were just, we knew what we had in store was going to be so much fun translated to screen because the contrast of styles, the contrast of abilities. So um, it was as much fun as it may have felt when you saw it because there was so much to um, it's kind of a first big set piece in terms of like the Tigers in their, you know, in their middle age doing their thing and kind of showing the audience where we are this is where we left off and this is this is the new generation just kind of that collision of uh of of, um of times in their life (laughs) so it it was it was a lot of fun and um, i'm just so i feel so privileged to have worked with uh such talented um, martial artists in the martial club and in philip dang so those guys are uh, incredible they're like machines like i i remember asking brian um to do his little salute greeting which is very athletic and very uh demanding on the body as you'll see um but he he did it every time did the same movement every time stuck the same lines every time i guess it's it's again it's a testament to their preparation on their own that they just train year-round they're 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 just they're incredible um performers and um i really hope i get the opportunity to work with them again (laughs) I mean, we were very sensitive to the fact that there were going to be a lot of people squinting their eyes when they saw Matt show up on screen because he's such a. If, if you follow his channel, it's hard not to see the mustache and not to see his mannerisms as a master can. So we were very sensitive to that, but at the same time, um, he is such a comic genius in so many ways and his timing and delivery. We had to. We had to also let him fly a little bit, you know. I think uh, Bow gave him a little bit more. Um, of a leash in terms of like kind of going off the the script a little bit in in a couple of tries, a couple of scenes. Um, And for the action, it came down to discipline and just, again, writing the story and making sure that this was the Carter. This was the Carter that this is the Carter today, based on what we know from the previous scenes, the, the prologue and everything else that led up to this point. So because the script was written so well, it, it really gave us a good design brief to, to lean against. Um, and it was just our duty as an action team to be disciplined to the script. And also to not be afraid to say no when things were getting a little too goofy, right? And I think that came down to the edit and that's, that's also um, on uh, our great editor, Chris Christophson. Like he, he, was, he was the one that kind of finessed it to just just fun enough where it didn't you know, break over the edge of just like, okay, we lost everybody, now we're in a different film, but it still gave Matt and the rest of the uh, Tigers an opportunity to have that back and forth banter that you would expect at this time in their life with the history that they had.
2: Uh, there was moments where I think if someone, if uh, anyone's watching this, if you buy the iTunes or the Blu-ray, there is a lot of um, outtakes, bloopers, specifically with Matt Page and Ron, and their kind of banter, improv back and forth, it, you you can't help but look, not laugh. I mean, laugh. I mean, it's there was even moments where like the 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 you know the the first AC is just cracking up trying to pull the focus because it's just hilarious. Like you can't you can't I, there's just too much. Every time every time we rolled, it was funny.
0: Yeah, I think the first day that we all had a scene together with Matt, it was the funeral scene with me, Elaine, and Matt, and that was. Just because Alaya would be telling me like, "Dude, I'm trying not to laugh." I'm like, "Dude, if you laugh, I'm gonna crack up." Because I'm laughing. I'm trying not to laugh at Elaine's reactions to Matt. You know, and then and then with me and Matt, as I know he's. I just was throwing stuff at him, and then he threw it back. So it was like it was almost like your mama. So you know that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah, but it was that day was a lot. Yeah, like Elaine said, like everyone on the crew, you heard <laughs> like, and then afterwards people were laughing. So it made us feel like okay, I think we're on the right you know journey on this. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah.
2: that's good. A lot of fun. Uh, one
3: one other thing about that 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 whole set piece was that I I feel like that was one of our one of our best. Um, scenes as a crew just not just the performances they gave, but um, behind the scenes, like there was, that was kind of a little past the midpoint of filming. And I think we had all warmed up to each other. Um, We started to understand the demands of action. Um, uh, Director of photography, Sean Mayor, was really on point with capturing the action. So at that point in the film, everybody, everything, the the whole machine felt really well oiled. And, uh, you know, we thought the pool was fun, but by the time we got on set with Matt and just the kind of the life and the color that he painted in for Carter was just, it was just, it was such a such a great experience at that point. I was like, okay, we're really making something special. And uh, that goes down in my memory as one of my favorite um, set pieces and favorite four, four or five days on set, just because of how much energy and how much um, enthusiasm everybody had. Um, at that point in the shoot not to say that the rest of the film lacked any of that but that kind of for me it felt like we really hit our stride and it was it was really starting to come together and all departments were kind of becoming one big family versus sound uh lighting camera action it was all we were all in the same room together sweating it out getting it done
0: First of all, it shows the hard work of the action team. You know, as far as uh, what Ken and Sam and Carrie, you know, put together for all of us. Number one, you know, and 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 number two, uh, us as actors, you know, I'm really proud of, of, of Elaine, Mikkel, Matt. You know, the Marshall Club, everyone just seeing everyone. Everyone was hardworking, passionate. You never heard one person complain, not once. Right, Elaine, like not once. And 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 then number three my hat's off to bow because he captured this thing that he wanted to pay homage to the whole Seattle martial arts kind of community that Bruce started, you know, when he first came out here to the States and like all three of these intertwined together. It's a beautiful thing. It means the world.
3: It means a lot. And it, it really makes me feel like, um, there's an appetite for it to keep going. Uh, people really enjoy this type type of entertainment um, as as we do as much as I do, getting out there and making it, getting out there and trying to be on screen. you know uh, so it's it's it is uh, super encouraging. I couldn't be more honored to be part of the Fighting Spirit Film Festivals lineup this year. and um, um, I, I, for that I'm just grateful for the opportunity to get it into a, a, get it on a stage where people that are going to this festival really understand and appreciate what it takes, what the craft is, and um, kind of the, even the history behind action filmmaking. So to know that it was well-received um, really kind of warms my heart because those are the fans that, those are the fans that you're really making the film for. Everybody else is great, you know? All the aunties and the grandmas that might love the film and you know applaud us and say, hey, you guys did good in that movie, but it's the really, the, 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 the fans of the Shaw brothers, the Golden Harvest era, the the drunken master 2 die hard know every movement fans those are the people that we really are nodding to and we really hope understand the, the 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 intent and the style choices and just just the overall drive that we have to create action films and and to hopefully leave a stamp on the the, the history of kung fu filmmaking
2: when i was an immigrant uh i am still an immigrant um when i first moved to the united states um there was a lot of things that i saw with my eyes that were strange to me um there was a there was a sense of not being seen or being relegated to a stereotype um and there was a lot of things that occurred to me that i was like oh this is a different world from where i grew up that i i I feel different here. But if there was one thing that I took pride in when I was a kid was watching these martial arts films, um, because you saw, at least for me, I saw myself in them um, and, and seeing how amazing these characters and these these people were being a part of something like this, where I never thought I'd ever be in a a martial arts film, let alone like a kung fu comedy drama flick. It's tremendous. Um, I never thought I'd ever be in a situation where, like I said earlier, when the first day of filming the martial arts part, I I just sat there and just couldn't contain myself. I don't know if you remember this, Ron, but I was like, we're shooting a kung fu movie. I just kept yelling it because this is so intense. and so fun and so i felt like a kid again i really felt like the 8 year old version of me going holy shit i am in that movie i am in that movie yeah. and so for uh, so many people reaching out to me through direct messages or comments calling me dicey hing it 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 feels so great that People
0: are seeing
2: this character that Bao wrote.
0: I still feel like we, if you take the martial arts out of it, you have a great dysfunctional family story. So for me, I felt like, I always felt like this was a great family story that had action, not necessarily an action kung fu film, right? So so the fact that we could be put in, like Elaine was saying, in the category of like, you know, best, action comedies and stuff it's amazing it's
1: incredible like i said this is a love letter to kung fu uh especially and i think you know other people that may not do kung fu can relate to it but there's also those little nuggets and just those little experiential things that people who do martial arts or love martial arts film would understand so there's you know little easter eggs and little shout outs throughout uh so it's definitely you know it's made by martial artists by kung fu fans by movie fans uh, and for for exactly you know people like us, so uh, it feels like we're in kindred spirits, and we have a you know an audience that can take to and understand and see you know what what we're showing them and really kind of take in the full message of everything. So that's really special. And of course, with the UK, it's it's just like you know, like I said, with Sean the Dead and just inspiration of British humor in particular. You know, we do have a uh, you know, me specifically has maybe a drier sense of sense of humor. Uh, so it's great to have, uh, you know, the British side also be able to appreciate and uh, partake of that.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.